2-2. Line drive. Here comes Wade. Here's the throw. He's safe. And the Yankees walk off into the postseason. Knicks. Trying to make magic. Still on his feet and then chucks it to the end zone for a touchdown to Tyler Fromm. From 56. On its way. It is off the goalpost. No good. You can hear the doink. Minus three. With Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, presented as always by FanDuel. Do us a favor, bet along with us, fanduel.com, and make sure you use the promo code Minus Three. That's the word minus the number three, and play along with us at extrapoints.com in the arcade. Good times there. The whole gang at the Extra Points Network play against us, win some fun prizes. Eddie Spaghetti, let's jump in on the winners, the losers, and otherwise of the weekend that was in sports. You were back in New York City watching the New York Yankees get into the playoff. This leads us to a a nine-game showdown with uh, the Boston Red Sox, Nathan Avaldi, Garrett Cole. All numbers suggest that Garrett Cole should be able to get this done. It's October. It's time for power pitchers to get it done. I want to talk about that with our guest because I do think that that translates into or is an interesting analogy for pro football. We'll get into that with Jason Luck and Fora, um, one of the insiders that you see on your TV and otherwise every weekend yapping about this, that, and the other. In pro football, we'll talk about the AFC North with him. Eddie Spaghetti, quick pick from you, though. Red Sox-Yanks, you feeling confident in the one-game series here? I got to ride with the Yanks here. I mean, I that game was so nerve-wracking and so stressful versus the Rays, who are a, a great team. Uh, and the way the Yankees just held on, it was 0-0 the whole entire game. Didn't get their second hit until, I, I think, like the, the, the top of the ninth. And uh, luckily, you know, Rizzo came through, got a man on second and third, and then Judge at the plate, who of all people, the most clutcher in the team by far. Aaron Judge uh, slams that hard single with the infield at a, at a weird positioning, and that squeezes through, and he drives the run home. That was a, a great feeling for them, and I, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, Garrett reminiscent Cole's- of Luis Gonzalez back in uh, 2001, <laughs> almost when uh, in the when in the series on a hit that looked like that. That was a, a weak bloop. Uh, off, he barely got a piece of Mariano's cutter when Luis Gonzalez did that. I, that still is ingrained in my brain. It makes me quite upset, uh, even if I was a young kid. But uh, but yeah, looking forward to Cole. And I think this is why we paid him the big bucks. I think he's ready for this. He wants to win as a Yankee. He was a Yankee fan growing up. This is his time to shine. They have to win. They have to get deep in the postseason in the Garrett Cole Yankees era. And, uh, you know, this team's been through a lot this season. I like him a lot to beat the Sox here. That'd be a really great feeling. If they lose to the Sox, I think I'm going to retire from podcasting. Well, you have the Dodgers and the cards hooking up on Wednesday night. Um, and uh, we'll get into that with Cousin Sal and Martin Weiss and the rest on Extra Points. Make sure you're listening to Against All Odds as well as uh, as those games are unfolding here. Let's talk about, like I say, the winners and the losers of this past weekend. Brady won the game. I don't know if you heard he went back to Foxborough. He did, and he saw some of his old pals that he used to play with there, including his former head coach. Brady wins the game. I think Mac Jones wins the game too. I was happy for him to throw a touchdown pass. And and I said it watching the game that I know he's a 22-year-old guy who's a multimillionaire who gets to play a sport for a living and he won the Heisman Trophy in the national championship. So he certainly doesn't need my support. He's He's got plenty going for him already. But in that spot, hearing all the cheers for the other QB, I, I felt like good for him to make a play and and uh, get some cheers from those fans. And I, as far as that goes, I think the big winners were Patriots fans too, because now they see a path that they can get by without their hero Brady. And I think Belichick won too. I think he reminded pro football. We'll see where this shakes out for New England over the course of the season, because they're now one in three. And now you know, so so are they going to win the division? I don't know about that. But Belichick did remind everybody i guess for one 60 minute stretch that he can i don't i wouldn't say he owned brady but he made brady look human and and that's the belichick magic and i guess do i have to back off of saying that belichick and the patriots fans are the big winners there because 
now you see when you put those two together why they want so many Super Bowls together. Um, Bucks emerge uh, three and one. Pats, like I say, one and three. So speaking of winners and losers, that's one. It looks like I'm going to lose a season prediction that I gave you was that the Patriots were going to win the AFC East. The Bills tracking um, powerfully towards that about at the quarter pole here, despite that weird loss in week one to Pittsburgh. That one against the Steelers now looms as some weird anomaly for both sides of things, because since that game, the Bills have been plumb dominant. The Steelers have uh, been Jaguars level um, powerful on offense. I did go four for four on Sunday, though, with my picks. I told you so. Time for a quick I told you so, Eddie Spaghetti. And otherwise, open your ears. I told you the Chiefs minus seven. That came to pass. I told you the Browns would win in Minnesota. Um, by that point, they did cover that. The Giants and the Saints down in New Orleans said take the over there. That went over thanks in part to the overtime. And the Cowboys um, took care of the Panthers with relative ease. Little scare there, I guess, the the uh, legs of Sam Darnold making an impact in the first half. But the Cowboys pulled away. And if you look at the remaining schedule for Dallas, they're going to be 12-5-ish, and maybe better. They're going to be a factor uh, come January. Spoiler alert, I'm sticking with the with uh, the the uh, Buccaneers there. But now Arizona looking interesting. The NFC West, the best division in football. Seattle saved its season at least for another week or at least till Thursday when they will host the Los Angeles Rams. But the Arizona Cardinals all alone in the NFC West. Wow, um, the, the, that's where they are now. And... Um, do you think that uh, are you would you bet the cards right now, Eddie Spaghetti, to win that division? Rams, Niners, Seahawks. I was, I was just thinking. Well, I, for one, I was still not as low on the Seahawks as uh, as you and some of the folks at uh, EPR. I I still believe in Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson does not have losing seasons. Uh, I liked him to win MVPs. I thought they were going to throw the ball a ton just to make sure that he stays in Seattle, which obviously has been a, a big question mark, especially following this season, because who knows where he'll end up. But man, man, what like a Super Bowl between, let's just say the cards and the Bills would be like the most fun Super Bowl we could possibly get right now. Like two fresh teams, a team like the Bills that deserve to be there. Then you have this offense, this crazy offense with the Cardinals, with Kyler, who is just scrambling all over the place. He's healthy again because last season, midseason, when he got hurt, he was not the same player. But with that receiving core, the running game has been good enough. And then, you know, surprisingly, J.J. Watt still has a lot left in the tank. That defense is not as bad as we thought. And that would be a really, really fun matchup to see a Josh Allen slinging down the field and Kyler Murray running across a field from left to right. That would be a matchup that I'd love to see. Man, I'm sick in my balls about that. I was I, I wanted the cards. I was going to take the cards. I didn't like the number on that. Um, and I ultimately went with the Rams because Sean McVay had owned Cliff Kingsbury. Now that stink is washed off Kingsbury. So I don't know. Once you start washing off those kind of things, like, well, but he can, th this is what's in his way, and that's what uh, puts a ceiling on how far they can go. Now that's done. Now Sean McVay doesn't own Cliff Kingsbury. So future appears bright there, but, boy, that is a rugged division. But uh, those divisional games matter. And that's going to take me into a, a, a city getting torn apart emotionally and spiritually because of their pro football team now being one in three high hopes on the banks of the three rivers for some. A lot of people for a year have been saying since they started to fall apart down the stretch um, in 2020 that they had to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to hold. I'm sitting at the 21 table and I could change my opinion and update it and Listen, I can see that Roethlisberger is missing some throws along the way that would swing the game. They are one and three. They're two games behind everybody else in the division, which is uh, which is bleak looking stuff. But those division games still matter. They're in the hole because they lost at home to the Bengals there. I, I know this might sound loco, everybody in that division. They still have a chance. Do they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl? Very likely. No. Do I think that uh, that they can win two in a row starting against the Broncos in Hines and then beat a good, not great Seahawks team in Hines, get into the bye, come out of it, see the Browns on the other side? If they would win that, things would look very different, and they would also look quite different if the Minka Fitzpatrick 
Not offsides, Joe Hayden, not offsides. Field goal block that gets scooped and scored before the first half. That would change things considerably in the way that game tracks. And I know that uh, that this is maybe a little Pollyanna for some. People want me to denounce Ben Roethlisberger. But what I've said the whole way here, they are hoping for a 2015 Peyton Manning Denver Broncos formula to work. Obviously, they didn't think that that would be sustainable for the next three or four years, but they thought for one magic year that that would be doable. Injuries and otherwise have undone that. A couple of big plays here and there go the other way. Listen, he's Roethlisberger's not making throws that he has to make that he has made, and it's a bad. It's a recipe for for trouble on offense when your offensive line can't block and your quarterback can't move. That's why I compare them to the 2015 Broncos. The defense needed to carry the day, but TJ Watt sat down for a couple of games. There's no run stoppers in there with Tuit and Alu Alu, and here we are at one and three. Um, and now we hear the rumors of benchings, for, and we'll get an update from that on Jason Luckin for in just a little bit. But uh, but dark times in Pittsburgh. But whether you want Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or otherwise matters not. That is not what Mike Tomlin's going to do. This is not what stable organizations do, as a matter of fact. So um, ring your hands. This is uh, this is where it is. And the the big news is. The college pipeline remains rich, no matter how cynical people are about draft, uh, about guys to draft there. There are plenty of viable guys out there. They're going to be some big name free agents. And uh, I'm looking for my list because I wrote them all down and I don't want to leave anybody out at any spaghetti. But uh, there are any number of guys for, um, that are going to be available in uh, in the college draft. They're going to have first round pedigrees. They will be able to go get one of those guys if that's the answer there. I have some other ideas on that we'll get into with luck in four. But uh, quickly, Eddie Spaghetti, some uh, before we get to our guy, uh, Luck, uh, let's talk about uh, another loser, Urban Meyer. I mean, what in hell, man? I the story, what is, what, What's the story, though? He stayed behind in Ohio because he has restaurants there and he was overly served at a bar and then, like, uh, obviously had girls dancing on him and then now he has to apologize to his family. It's just like, I mean, that's the the drawback. I, look, I'll, I'll from my perspective as a younger person, I think people should be able to go out and enjoy their drink and have a good time. And it does stink when you're uh, a famous person that has basically a phone pointed at you at all times once you're in public. That's a, it's, it's bad, but. Have you had that? You've had that happen to you? Well, no, but I'm saying that people. But, but Look, he says that Eddie Spaghetti. I think that's him. Get the video. Get shoot it. Yeah. I feel for Herb in the sense that he's just trying to like you know he's the team's own four. He's thinking like, well, I could have took uh, took a better college job, and uh, Trevor Lawrence is not really working out early on. All these kind of things probably going through his head as he's sipping on his vodka or whatnot. And you know, then you have a couple co-ed dancing on him and filming him, and it's just like it spirals out of control. Now his family's probably embarrassed, and like that's where he's wrong. <laughs> But I just I do feel for the sense that like, you can't there's you know, there's no privacy once you're, uh, you know, an A-list name, especially in I the, completely the agree. Is. I completely agree. But also, as I always say, Daniel Day Lewis crying about having to do uh, to go out and promote his movies like that's not why I'm I got into acting. It's like, yeah, but you know that that comes with it, right? Like, I know you want to just be an actor, but you could just do go and do local theater somewhere if, if it's just uh, the thrill you get from being on the stage. I mean, you you, you signed on to make these movies. I, what's going through your head, Herb? I mean, why would you think that there aren't? I, I completely hear you. That's a, a kind of a different conversation. And I'm all for it, Spaghetti. I am all for the we don't have to turn sports into Us Weekly or into, into the National Enquirer. But that is where it's gone. And if you're Urban Meyer, I mean, what the hell are you thinking, man? You, you can't. I haven't heard him complain. Like, uh, how dare anybody do that? And now he's apologizing. And I like his excuse seems to be like, well, I wasn't dancing. They were dancing. I was merely the human pull. I, 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 I can't control that that girl sat down on my lap. Maybe she, maybe she, maybe I'm, maybe I have the powers of a vampire and she didn't see me sitting there. So I don't, I, I, I can't imagine what, what's going through your head. 
And maybe the answer is there wasn't much going through his head because he did not look right with them bloodshot exactly, eyes. And exactly. Otherwise. Exactly what I was going to say. So I don't think Urban was thinking at all. I think by the pictures, the zoomed in shots of his face, it looked like that he had just nothing running through his head and the world was spinning and he had no idea what was going on. I think that's actually it. Um, well, Herb uh, might want to go back to college. Let's go to college uh, real quick here. Um, Eddie Spaghetti did not like me tweeting about it over the weekend, but facts are facts. A season after they should have gotten their shot in the Final Four, the Bearcats of Cincinnati are now in line to go to the Final Four so long as they can win out. They go up into South Bend and win a game that they were favored to win, which is crazy. I'm paranoid enough with the way the committee works that and I, that they, somehow their tentacles could reach the bookmakers and somehow being a home dog would inspire Notre Dame to victory or something. I don't know um, what I thought was going to happen there. I, well, I thought the Notre Dame was going to win. Instead, the Bearcats win. And now that means if they can win out, I think they're going to get into the final four. But the other interesting factor here is the Big Ten. By the way, Heisman update for you. Desmond Ritter, I think, is the play because if he merely runs the table here, I think you give him the Heisman over Bryce Young, who is your heavy favorite to get it. But if Ritter takes the Bearcats to an undefeated season, the standard is lower for him. I think they give it to him because the narrative sounds better than giving it to another Bama QB who it feels like at some point. It's like, well, yeah, you put that put anybody on that team, they're going to be productive. Desmond Ritter feels more like an X factor on his team. So plus 1,500 bet Desmond Ritter. And you know who's in the Heisman conversation making the board now. I think it's plus 4,000. One Kenny Pickett, the 17th year senior for the Pitt Panthers. And in that weirdo ACC, the Panthers are now favored, favored over Clemson and otherwise to win the Coastal Division, which would just be bonkers if, if Pitt did that after they lost to Western Michigan two weeks ago. But the numbers do favor them getting there. I wonder if Kenny Pickett now tracks as even a first-round pick. I don't think he does um, just because of the bounty of quarterbacks like we talk about in the uh, in the pipeline every year now. Um, you know, whether it's Cincinnati or Penn State, I suspect, or, or Oklahoma, if they run the table. I mean, they keep playing with fire, Oklahoma does, but... It feels like it's Bama slash Georgia and everybody else. But what about the Big Ten, Eddie Spaghetti? You have Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State all undefeated. All undefeated. And they've played teams. You know, it's not like this is where we've now transcended the cupcake portion of the college football slate. And they're all undefeated. And they're all, they all have longer odds to win the Big Ten than Ohio State does, the team that has the one loss. And Wisconsin, who looks like just abject garbage, has better odds than Michigan State does still. That's very weird to me. But I wonder if, doesn't it feel like with the Red River shootout upcoming, Texas, the, I, I, we don't have a number even yet on FanDuel on that game yet. Intriguing, because Oklahoma just, I mean, eventually they're going to get got. And, and and then Texas ain't going to run the table, even if they beat Oklahoma, I don't think. So what's your, what's your bet? Cincy runs the table and gets the bid? Or do you think we might see actually two Big Ten teams get into the tournament, the four-game tournament this year? The four-team well, tournament, I mean. I don't think we're going to agree on this because, I mean, Cincinnati should run the table the rest of the way because their toughest game the entire season was uh, Notre Dame at in South Bend, and they, they accomplished that. Uh, much to the help of Notre Dame just being the sloppiest team of all time. And I'm not saying this as a person with, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I said all season long, Notre Dame would probably lose two games. It's it's kind of a rebuild year for there. They're, they're juggling three quarterbacks. They just didn't pick the right one. They lost the game, whatever. But Cincinnati's schedule is pretty weak. Uh, they don't really impress me whatsoever. Uh, I'd rather have uh, one loss teams in the final four than an undefeated Cincinnati. I'd rather have two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams. I don't think there's a shot that Georgia and Alabama do not make it. They're right, right now they're locks. Uh, I can't see unless they lose both their quarterbacks and they lose two games apiece. I don't see Alabama or Georgia not being one and two um, in terms of three and four. I'd be well, fine. I mean, I'd here's the path for Bama to miss out, though. And I wonder if they would jump like I mean, I'm vexed by the, the final four pretty much every year and the way it shakes out. But if Bama loses before the SEC title game and then they lose to Georgia. 
I could still see people saying like, well, but the SEC is so good. We should still put Bam in. And then I will flip out. Then that that's when I'll really get PO'd. The thing that hurts Cincinnati, as a matter of fact, is that you touch on it with Notre Dame. Indiana, my team, I mean, just uh, this is a lost season. The injuries and otherwise have undone them. And the good news is uh, for Hoosiers fans, Michael Penix can't go pro playing like this. So that means he has to come back next year. So that's your silver lining there. And hopefully he'll be right in 2022, you would think, or maybe he won't uh, get the gig back. But the Hoosiers don't really count as a quality win right now. And if Notre Dame loses to UNC and they slip up once more somewhere along the way, then that doesn't count as that big a a, a quality win. Sure. And therefore it diminishes since he's, you know, alleged quality victories, you know, with, with power five kind of teams. So I hear you, but I, I do wonder, and you know, here, here's where the dominoes start to fall. And, you know, like I say, even where the Steelers are concerned, just to, just to shout out to those teams and Seattle fans who are kind of looking up at things right now. And can we, you know, still figure a path to winning the division and everything divisional games are everything Penn state, is at Iowa. So there's one who's going to fall um, one way or the other. And that is how you get clarification. That's why college football is great because every chat, every week is another chapter. And once you put a strike in the wrong column, it kind of, lo you lose your power to claim um, that you deserve to be in that final four. And so those <sighs> dominoes are going to start to fall Right now, no. we're just barely in the conference play for the most part here. And so those guys are going to start to get knocked off. But I do wonder, with Ohio State still favored there, I mean, is that Michigan-Ohio State game, by the time we get to that point, is that going to be a swoony matchup between in college football's greatest rivalry, this side of Army-Navy? Um, how say you? What's your final I, I, bet? Let's 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 just get our let's enter our picks now. Final well, four. That, yeah, I'm I'm I just said Alabama, Georgia. I have is one and two. To me, I don't I don't differ. Uh, you differ in the fact that you want the undefeated. You want the, those who who completed a perfect schedule to get their fair shake at it. I personally do not think Cincinnati's schedule deserves to put them in the top four just because a team like let's just say if Penn State or Iowa slips up this weekend or if some Alabama slips up uh you know on the road at Auburn last game of the year they slip up actually they could slip up uh, in at College Station Te uh, Texas A&M on the schedule um this weekend too so I don't there when I see a good team just because they have a single loss does not mean in my mind that they don't deserve to be there because their string of schedule is that tough so in summation I I'm okay with two uh, SEC teams and I'm okay with two big 10 teams. If it's Ohio state who wins out and it's a Penn state who wins out like uh, with one of them with one loss, maybe. Okay. I'll put both those teams in because they have gone above and beyond pretty much every single week that I've watched them. Uh, the one wild card I would say is probably Oklahoma. I don't really love Oklahoma and the way they look this year, but they do go undefeated in the big 12. They have to be in the conversation. Another team that I'm still kind of biased towards is Oregon. I know they slipped up for Stanford. Stanford's probably a little bit better than we everyone thought with the win versus USC and a win versus Oregon. But I, I still think a PAC 12 winner or a big 12 winner does carry something if those teams win. So, um, I think what we're going to end up getting is an Oklahoma is going to be in there. Um, the big 10 winner, which right now I, I don't know. Uh, if Oklahoma loses anywhere along the way in that conference and they still get in, I'm going to be sick. Going to be it's sick. It's going to be Bama, Georgia. It's going to be Oklahoma, the big 12 winner. And I think they're going to, they're, and the big 10 winner over Oregon who will run the table. So I'll go, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Penn State um, runs the table, and they're actually a for real team. And James I, does a good job, and they it makes, makes me sick. Uh, believe me, I'm sick. I, I do not like seeing Penn State do well. They're my third. Uh, they they make the winner stand of my most hated teams in sport up there with the Islanders and Flyers. It gives me no pleasure. But that Penn State team is good. I do. I, I just wonder if an undefeated Big Ten team loses to to Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, do you then send both of them? And, you know, or maybe we just get Penn State and Pitt in the Final Four. That'd be all right if Pitt, 
<laughs> runs the ACC table. I think the Big Ten scenario you just said it could happen if Oklahoma loses, uh, and uh, I guess they they favor the committee says, well, the the Big Ten team that lost to Ohio State is better or more just like they, they they deserve it more than a one loss Oregon or someone like that who is a Pac twelve winner. Uh, again, it comes down to who the teams you beat, but I, I think I think we'll see some variation of two SEC teams. Uh, a conference winner, probably the Big 12 winner, and then you'll see the the Big 10 winner. Here's what I say. It'll be two SEC teams because it always is. And so Georgia and Bama will go. Um, and we'll see if I am chagrined by either um, when we get there. But spoiler alert, that's how it's going to go. Oklahoma will lose somewhere along the way. Oregon is undone by the quality of the Pac-12. I mean, UCLA, USC, and otherwise have not been good enough. So those don't count as great wins. Um, I kid about Pitt. I think you're going to get the Big Ten champ. There's a chance you get a big, you get a second Big Ten team, but I think it's going to be Cincinnati. Whoever survives the Big Ten, it's hard for me to divine who that is. I'll roll with Penn State here. I, I, I Spiritually, I don't feel good saying that out loud, but I think Penn State. Now, you know what? I'll go Ohio State. I'll stick with Ohio State. Ohio State, even though they have that one loss. I'll, I'll say they go, and then that does create an opportunity, as you say, for Oregon. But then I say they do in, in, in the sense of justice. And like, if we're, this is untenable for us to keep putting Cincinnati on national TV against Notre Dame and big five, big power five conferences. And if they go undefeated, like, yeah, it doesn't matter though. Okay. It still doesn't matter. Zero issue with it. They got to put them in. They got to do it or else they got to like separate them and be like, you're playing for a different trophy. Cause obviously whatever you can do everything right and it still isn't going to matter to us because there's never going to be things are never going to break in such a way that we're ever going to put you in so pick up what we're laying down and uh and change to some different division in college football because it did because we're not allowing you to even though you're in this division you're not really in this division well we're we're supposed to penalize an, uh, an alabama who may who loses say on the road to auburn a ranked auburn team like yes. in the last weekend versus we're supposed to uh, applaud some Cincinnati for beating an up and down year for Notre Dame and like SMU is their quality wins. I mean, like, come on. I, I like, I get it. Like they're doing everything they could. It's, it stinks, but it's like, I, I don't, it's unfair to penalize these teams who are, they're going through the gauntlet and they're playing top level teams week in, week out. I, I value that. I'm sorry. I hear you. But the, the, the best thing is, is when people do the like, Hey, Congratulations, Cincy. Go take your whipping from uh, from the Crimson Tide. You're going to lose by uh, by 62 points in that game. Like, all right, who's doing any better against them anyway? Like, when no people one, yeah. say that, like, the Bama and Georgia would appear capable of whipping just about everybody. But anyhow, let's uh, move on from that. All those uh, teams, a lot of juicy quarterbacks. That's the ray of sunshine pro football teams. Don't worry. If you don't have your quarterback, you will have them in about four minutes because the uh, the talent pool is rich in uh, in both free agency and in the college ranks. And that brings us to today's guests. First, though, let's talk about Thursday night football, shall we? FanDuel wants you to get the most out of every NFL game, and that includes Thursday. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet the same game parlay with three legs or more, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel's going to pay you back up to 10 bucks. This is one of the many reasons we enjoy FanDuel so much, the fast payouts, the great sites, so on and so forth, but most especially these kind of fun bets like the same game parlay. Let's put one together for you right now. Rams at the Seahawks. This is a dandy one in the uh, in the NFC West. Seahawks are keeping themselves afloat with a big win in San Francisco, but now they need the win in Seattle. Here, up come the Los Angeles Rams looking to come back after a uh, not a great performance against the Cardinals there. I'm going to take the Rams. That's one leg there, um, giving a point and a half on the road. Uh, the total is 54 and a half. That seems very heavy to me, although the Seahawks secondary is crummy and Russell Wilson with those sexy deep balls I think I'm going to go over 54 and a half. Um, as they say, every Seahawks game is a weird one. So let's assume it goes over. And that, that aforementioned secondary um, that is lousy for Seattle. 
I'm going to say that Robert Woods gets one. Cooper Cup's a little bit too easy, so I'll uh, I'll go with Robert Woods. And there you have it, a three-leg same-game parlay. Bet it, and make sure you do it, fanduel.com, slash minus three. That's the word minus the number three, and we'll see you in the winner's circle. Or maybe we won't. Okay, you can listen to them on 105.7 The Fan in Charm City. And on your TV, your laptop, and in your head on the CBS pregame, he's an O's loyalist and an eternal source for all things music. It's Jason Luckin' for everybody. What's the poop, fella? What's going on, man? Good to be here. Is it? Is it? Yeah. You've walked into darkness here. uh, Hey, I'm no stranger to darkness. So (laughs) without darkness, could there really be light? Hmm. These are the sorts of philosophical. Yeah. Uh, I read that in a fortune cookie once. <laughs> Stuck well, with me forever. I'm sure people, especially with you seated there in Baltimore, um, uh, people especially appreciate your your kind words on the banks of the three rivers. Let's jump into it, shall we? I hope we can have a, a chance to hear who you're listening to these days in music and get your tip oh. on uh, on the AL playoff game upcoming here. But let's get into the AFC North. You made a fair amount of news on Sunday by saying that you're hearing whispers inside the Steelers organization that some people there would like to see Roethlisberger sit down and get replaced by Rudolph Haskins. How say you, what's the, what's the score on this? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's just reality, you know, and, and it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks until Mike Tomlin thinks it's time. You know, no one has gone to him and ruffled any feathers. Uh, I don't think anybody will just yet. Uh, there are people who know the Roonies, people who talk to the Roonies who feel like if this continues and you're sitting at a midseason bye, you know what I mean? Like how and every, before everybody splits for a few days, how would you not go to the head coach and say, are we sure about this plan? Are we sure this is the right thing? Where is Mason Rudolph? what makes sense for us and for all parties. And and maybe that's a sit down with Ben as well. Um, clearly this is not your normal. Um, this isn't like the, the bears yo-yoing with Justin Fields, right? This is a, there's a whole lot to this many layers, a lot of loyalty. He's an iconic figure and I, in an iconic franchise. But when you strip that away and you talk to people and you say, just strictly football for where you are personnel wise for your limitations, for how you're constructed. Does this make sense? And it, it doesn't. And it, 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 people understand why it's going on. And again, it's not like people are banging on Tomlin's door saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's Mike bleeping Tomlin. But I think it's going to go from whispers to what's the next, uh, uh, tepid conversation to eventually a shout and maybe a shout from ownership. Uh, because there are inherent problems in what they're trying to do right now. And there is nothing ascending about this player. That's exactly right. And I want to, for what it's worth, I could be as flip floppy or, or, uh, you know, wash off whatever I said eight months ago. In fact, I sat with you on your radio show. I think it was yeah. a, a November and you were already saying, can't you see it? You black it. You're, you're blinded by the black and gold glasses you're wearing, Sheck. And I said, listen, I and I continue to say this. I just don't know what realistically could have been. The plan. I advocated for Sam Darnold at one point in the offseason. I thought that might make some sense. I thought Matt Stafford was was borderline doable. I think they would have lost out to Les Snead in the assets he was willing to give up. But I just don't see what the plan. I don't think saying in June or or March or otherwise to Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt and the rest we're rolling with Mason Rudolph this year. And there wasn't someone to draft at that right. spot at 24. Yep. yep. So this was always a transition year. I think they bet my best read on it has been for a year is they were gambling on a 2015 Denver Broncos farewell Peyton Manning mm-hmm. tour type of formula. The injuries to the defense have kind of undone that in the short, uh, in the short term. And that's where we are. Am I misreading this somehow? Is there is uh, am I taking no. it easy on Colbert, on Roethlisberger no. or otherwise Look, with that? They haven't had to think about this for 20 years, right? Like it's 
you, you're eventually going to get to a point where a, there's going to be a confluence of events that lead you to have maybe no great options and to maybe be kidding yourself about the degree um, that the options you have available might work, but like it's the NFL and the, between the cap and this being the year, the cap went down and for eventually you're going to have to pay the due on a whole bunch of dead cap for this quarterback. Right. Cause, and, and I get, I, I would be kicking the can like they did in restructuring every two years, but eventually he's at a point where you're not adding any additional years because we're beyond that. And you've got to take that hit. And unfortunately for them, they won too many games last year to be picking in an ideal spot. They're not going to mortgage everything for a lottery ticket to move up. You know, they did it for Bush. They did it for Minka to a certain degree. They're not going to do that again. Not last year. And the quarterback had him by the you know what's because of the way the contract was structured. So he gives back to stay. They try to, you know, keep the band together for one more year. Um but it's not working and it's, it's not, it's not going to work. Like it's hard to create a template for me where you, you lay everything out and I'm like, or not even to me, more to like people I talk to in the league, you know what I mean? Who are advanced scouting them, who are breaking them down. They're like, "Ah, this is untenable, but if they want to do it, great, we'll beat them. So all of that. And I'm not saying Mason Rudolph, like I'm not a Mason Rudolph guy. I don't think Mason Rudolph is a starter, but like, this is about, having a modicum of an offensive identity that might help those offensive linemen out that might allow Matt Canada to actually get in a play calling rhythm. And like, you've, you've got to make them defend the quarterback position to some degree, even if he's, he's getting five yards where Josh Allen would have got 27. That doesn't matter. Like that's five yards. Like that's a starting point. Like let him eat the cookies that are in front of him. Keep some drives going. It's an old defense. You got to keep, you got to find a way to keep that defense off the field. Throwing 20 screen passes to the running back and having him run for three yards a carry in a traditional offense ain't getting it done. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you talk about the confluence like uh, the Allegheny and Monongahela yes, converted. I was, uh, I was, yes. For the mighty Ohio, the, the, horribly named why does ohio get the credit for that river it's on the banks of the three rivers anyhow let's not go down that uh, that rabbit hole right now um yeah it's a lousy i i'm not talking uh, lousy is not doing it uh, the injustice it deserves it is an atrocity the offensive line and you have an immobile quarterback that's a formula for disaster I just, again, as you hit on, I, there's no one in the building that I think plays better, although there's some missed throws on Sunday in Lambeau that you do think it's it's not even the the intermediate deep throws up the seam to Juju. It was the crosser early in the second quarter that Roethlisberger had Juju wide open that he misses him on that really was disconcerting as far as I'm concerned. But uh, that said, to me, the... Uh, for little tweaks you might uh, apply over these next couple of games before you get to the bye um, is I I would throw Josh Dobbs at him. I mean, if, if Shanahan's going to do that in San Francisco with Trey Lance and uh, Peyton's willing to do that with Taysom Hill in new Orleans, even to drew Brees, I, I, I might try to is throw it, a curveball. Is, is he on IR though? I thought he was he on is, IR. He is, but uh, when he's right, I'm yeah. I, I'm just talking little oh, no, sub no. packages. He would, be, to, he would be the best fit. No, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like he would be the guy who I would start cultivating if I could. Un- unfortunately for them, I, I don't think you're going to see him for, for quite some time. Yeah, I don't think so either. All right, I do want to talk about your guy, Lamar Jackson, who for me is the human curveball ongoing. This is not some that somebody who people figure out, and my no. doubts about him going into the season have nothing to do with Lamar Jackson as a player. Rather, it was what appeared to me to be a diminished roster that was old yeah. up front defensively, some real questions on offensive line. Both of those things have more or less come come to pass um largely there's been the rise of course uh, uh, of a couple of pass rushers but overall I think I've been right and yet the Ravens keep on winning here here's my question for you though you're a baseball guy as well yeah the the comp that I throw out all the time is there are certain ways that win in the regular season that that yep. don't really translate into the postseason. Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin were finesse guys. They could put the ball wherever they wanted to. They could paint it black all season long. That was not good enough. Garrett Cole in the postseason is how you win. Bumgarner is how you win. Power yep. pitching. Lamar Jackson's style. 
lends itself to fits for defenses across pro football. But come January, I continue to have my doubts, which puts the Ravens in a real weird place with contract negotiations and otherwise. Where do you come down now? I mean, they're they're obviously tracking well, still favored by by a whisker over the Browns to win the North. I uh, uh, scratch my head about that. How say you, though? Well, look, um, last week, a big talking point on our show in Baltimore. And after rewatching that game, talking to a few people, crunching the numbers, they're they're not the 2019 2020 ground game is not going to be there. It's not going to be there because they don't have the tackles to do it. It's not going to be there because they don't have the running backs to do it. It's not going to be there because when you take away that elite athleticism, even a Lamar gets a little bit easier to defend. It's not going to be there because they don't want Lamar running 18 times a game to try to have to grind these things out. So the, the question then became, what, well, then what are they going to be? Um, and all I'll say is right now, the leader in the NFL in yards per completion by a pretty good margin over Aaron Rodgers is Lamar Jackson. Hmm. The leader in air yards per attempt by about two yards over Aaron Rodgers is Lamar Jackson. If you want to stack the box against them now, um, they're not going to be able to run it on you because the the scheme is not going to be the star the way it was before. But I do think there is an evolution going on and his ability to manipulate the pocket, to buy extra time and then still throw a pinpoint strike, whether he's inside the pocket by climbing it or outside of it by rolling it is there's still magic there. There's definite magic there. And if they catch the ball, which has been a problem there for a while, it may still be because I don't think Watkins, Watkins is not consistent and Hollywood's not consistent, although he can hit some high notes that not everybody can, but we'll see what Bateman is. Um, they really need a second move tight end. They've never addressed the Hayden Hurst departure. Um, and I don't think that guy's on the roster right now, but regardless, I think that's, that's what they're moving to because you're not going to convince me that like J.K. Dobbins averaged over six yards per carry last year. Like going back to 2018, Gus Edwards, they had three guys since 2018 are in the top five in yards per carry in the whole league. And number one's the quarterback at 6.11, right? Then you got Dobbins at 6.01. And then you got Gus like fifth in the league at 5.20. That's not Le'Veon Bell at this stage of his career. That's not Devontae Freeman. That's not Latavius Murray. And it's, they're not getting back to where they were. So if we're now a 2,000-yard rushing team versus a 3,000-yard rushing team, where is the other 1,000 yards coming? Uh, I, I, if this, if I call him a kid. He's still a kid. If this kid keeps doing what he's doing and you tell me Bateman's a legitimate outside starting receiver too, then I'll say that gets them back to where they were. Is that enough to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead with this defense? I don't think so. But will this be a team that's relevant in January? If they can continue what the, the gains they're making in the passing game, then I think so. The problem is I don't know that Ronnie Stanley's playing another snap this year. Your guy, Alejandro Villanueva, is a great dude. He's no longer a starting tackle in this league by a long shot. And Andre Smith had to play a half of football last week, which um, is untenable. And unfortunate for Lamar Jackson. Unfortunate at all. for all who watch. Yeah, listen, I Except hear you. There, but, you know, to the Ravens' credit, they went all in on Lamar Jackson, which I feel like you have to. You have to structure things around him. Yes. I heard years ago now that they understood within the building that their their path to um, quality pass catchers was through the draft, that they would be hard-pressed to ever attract yep. free agents to come and play in that system. Maybe that'll evolve. I think it's I all think so. but certain with them pot committed that Lamar Jackson, it's a matter of of when, not if, that they're going to give him his deal. I think uh, unless yep. uh, unless nope. uh, you want to go against that. Nope. The other one is Baker Mayfield. And we can debate Joe Burrow versus Lamar Jackson. And I am curious who you'd rather have for the next six years, say, between Burrow and Lamar Jackson. But Baker Mayfield, are the Browns going to – and by the way, I'm all in on the Browns winning the division. I'm Me too. Surprised that they're, the, they're the best see, team in this division on paper, no doubt about it. I can't imagine that that number continues to favor the Ravens over the Browns to win the division. Either way – Me neither. But, I mean, the, the liability appears to be mediocrity at QB. Not a not an atrocity, obviously, but I, I, I really wonder if Baker puts a ceiling on them. And I also – do you hear anything about – when Odell Beckham, because if nothing else, he definitely is an energy suck. As great as he is, 
Baker, for whatever reason, it's starting to become not just a weird little blip. He's not as good when Odell Beckham plays as when Odell Beckham's out. Do you see that? Do you agree with that? And do you think that within I, the organization they're saying like, boy, this is a great roster, but we better go deep in the playoffs and we're going to give Baker that big time second deal. No, I, I think I think Baker's going to get a deal. Now, is it 35 or is it 45? That's a that's a wide swap. You know, I, I think he's more of a 35. Um, but with them having so little success for so long, if he does mess around and win a couple playoff games, does he end up getting the the Josh Allen type money just because? Do I think he is is a top 10 quarterback? No. Is he somewhere between 12 and 18? Yeah. Is that plenty good enough with them? Yes. Has he won over the locker room? Does is he is he uh, is he tough enough? Can he play in the weather, right? All the stuff that comes with Cleveland and the AFC North and, and all that mumbo jumbo. Yeah, I think he checks those boxes. Uh, is he a fit with Stefanski? Yeah. Has he matured and grown up, right? When's the last time he said something stupid? It's been, he he learned, stay out of other people's money, stay out of other people's injuries, stay out of other people's trade demands, right? Like he he gets it. Don't, don't, you know, don't, don't say anything about the team doctor, especially when it doesn't even relate to you. Like that's gone. Like I think that's gone when adults got in the room. Right. And there's real checks and balances. So no, I think he'll be there for a while. Uh, I, I think he's gambling on himself and, and he's going to make a lot of money either way. I don't see them going with a younger quarterback um, at this stage. You're paying Garrett. You brought in Clowney. The defense is a lot better. The Odell thing. I don't know if there's enough of a sample size. I mean, I like the way they bled Odell in the first game back. This game against Minnesota, I think, you know, Zimmer knows Stefanski pretty well. I think they had their number a little bit in terms of what Stefanski wanted to do, throwing the ball. So they relied on the two-headed monster at running back and won an ugly game, and they have the defense to do that now. So, no, I think Baker's a culture fit. I, I think the agents will probably be um, more realistic than not about his price point. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't see them looking – to upgrade. You know, I just think the cost of doing business for them would be too high from, from a couple of different levels. And I think they, they, with the cap going up with Stefanski being with him for a few years now, I think they want to keep their draft picks to start. I mean, it's like their first world team. They want to keep their draft picks to start letting the old guys go. They don't want to pay anymore. And they're, they're finding players now. So good for them. It is a really interesting spot. Um, and, you know, I like I happen to like uh, Baker. May uh, Daniel Jeremiah said this to me on the draft weekend. I said that, you know, all through for months leading up, Sam Darnold's the most talented guy in that class. You know, Lamar Jackson was probably undervalued in hindsight, but it was kind of that debate with the top two or three guys there. Josh Allen was a wild card as well. Um and he said, you know, Darnold's the more talented guy, but Cleveland as a city, as an organization otherwise, needs that swagger. So I'm a little sad to see Baker have to depress that stuff from a human standpoint. It's fun. I mean, as a Steelers fan, I don't love him if he's finger wagging in the final seconds of a game with that they're that they're about to win in Pittsburgh. But I like it if you're a Browns fan. I just wonder though, because the numbers are hard to debate here. The the magic window. Uh, Tom Brady, even in even in the Brady era, the magic window is a good quarterback on his rookie deal because it allows you obviously to flesh out the rest of your roster and 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 pay other um, quality guys and really uh, address luxury items uh, on the rest of the roster. There, do you think everybody's up to speed? It doesn't appear to me that all organizations are up to speed on the fact that. And it's kind of my defense of what it, where the Steelers are going uh, specifically is that we've reached full QB saturation in pro football. Six, seven years ago, I said, how in a world of seven billion can we not find 32 human beings to successfully play pro quarterback? And now six, seven years later, coincidence or not, Jason, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was my inspiration or otherwise. I don't know. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have the fact. You can dig in with your resources and find, get to the bottom of if Damashek is the cause for this. But we now have more viable options uh, yes. at quarterback yeah. than, than we do have spots for them. And the talent pool in the draft every year, we're, we've reached the place in on the draft calendar where now people are hand wringing about, I don't know if this class has anybody, maybe it doesn't have Trevor Lawrence, right. but there, there are 
three to six guys that I can ID that have yeah. first round pedigree. Plus, tell me if I'm right about any of these names. I think Russell Wilson could be on the market mm -hmm. uh, next spring. I think Derek Carr, if Aaron Rodgers goes to Vegas, if he doesn't land in Denver, then he goes to Vegas, I think. By the way, weigh in on that. Any chance of Rodgers going to Pittsburgh? I think that's insane and impossible. But um, yeah, I don't, there are I don't a bunch know. of names I mean, that are going to be out there that are good options for you. So this hand-wringing about there's no succession plan and the Packers did it right, like that didn't go well for them to draft Jordan right. Love. So, right. so anyway, are the Browns doing the best to roll back with Baker, who's going to, when he gets that contract, it's going to diminish the roster overall? Or do you, is it wise in this well, period of free agency to just reboot every five years or so with your QB? I, I would just say this. The Tampa Bay Bucks. what did they just do? They, they kept everybody, right? They're the first team in NFL history to bring back a Super Bowl winning team, to bring back all 22 starters. And it, it's not like they weren't a whole bunch of luxury items that they kept. Um, and that was in a year where the, for the first time ever, the cap went down significantly. These guys are making $350 million a year just off these new TV contracts alone, right? We're just going to start see the gambling revenues trickle into the cap. Um, the new broadcast contracts, they got a 10 year CBA. You can go cash over cap. It's a, it's a soft cap. I mean, I, I just think <laughs> these are billionaires. And, and they're, they're, the, the commissioner will tell you overtly, we can't wait for the day to we have 25 billion a year in revenue. So I don't want to hear it. Like, where's it going? You know, how many teams really go cash over cap? How, who's real? To use your, who's really pot committed? The Glazers were pot committed. No doubt about it. But Jerry Jones, you can go back to a window of five years when he's building his new practice facility and he's, he's in the early stages of his new stadium. He's spending less money than Mike Brown over a five-year period. Hmm. So I just think we need to be a little careful about all the narratives that are out there. Cash trumps cap. If you're really willing to do it and you're a little bit creative and you've created a culture that the players want to stay, you know, um, I, I, I just think we have to be a little bit careful about giving these guys an out. Cause I'll just say, how did the Glazers do it? Like how did it, it happen? Right. It happened. Boy, that is a fascinating point you bring up there. Address for me, and then I do want to talk about one that uh, the other sport that has gotten sideways because of a because of its lack of cap or ability to to constrain uh, a half dozen or so organizations out there. But Aaron Rodgers, to me, if I were the Steelers, here's how here's how you here's how you kill two birds with one stone which is a weird cliche because I'd yeah. like to see somebody kill one bird with a stone. That would it's be pretty the hard throw of a lifetime. Yeah. You know, if you could even Randy get Randy Johnson, Randy Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good point. Touche. Um, to me, Aaron Rodgers is silly and, and shame the devil. You Steelers fans. Where's your dignity? Cause your team is one and three. Oh, Aaron Rodgers looked at Mike Tomlin. Where have some self-respect now. I'm sorry. I got hot under the collar. Yeah. The answer is not Aaron Rodgers. Offer, offer Gutenkunst, who wants to get out from under this mess that they created, offer him a second for Jordan Love. That Aaron Rodgers stays for the next couple of years if you do that, right? Isn't that the solution for both teams? If you like Jordan Love, I, right. I, don't, well, right. I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where the steel, excuse me, are on that one. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the next step is for the Steelers right now, at quarterback. I, well, what I about the Packers? That Isn't that make? Doesn't that make the Packers all right? If you if you figure a way to get out from under Jordan Love, you don't need to retain well, a successor I don't, I don't know in this that environment. Still wants to be there, you know. I, oh, I just okay. you're going to go through another disgruntled. You know what I mean? Another. But doesn't that make it right? Of his discontent. Doesn't that make it right though? Like, see, George, see, see, Aaron, we're committed to you. We got rid of the kid. All, all good now. Maybe. I don't think that's how it's going to go down. Oh, um, really? No. I, Denver? I think this is could be Denver. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be able to call his own shot. Uh like it, I would say if we're just throwing darts here, if Seattle were to move off of Russell Wilson and get a ton of picks for him, but they still think their window's there, and John Schneider goes way back with him to Green Bay. So who knows? There, there will be a domino effect to some degree, um, but I, I'm not. I, I, I'd be lying if I said I had sorted it out or even attempt. Well, I have thought about it, and I thought about uh, eventually writing a column on it, but not, not yet.
Oh, the QB carousel spins faster than ever, looking for. I don't know yeah, how you keep does. up with it at all. Uh, you know. As as your side as your side gig, although you keep your eye on the Orioles because it's your job too. I'm sorry for you that you have to do that. It's I, all good. I've, I've washed my hands of the Pirates. I moved across the country so I don't have to suffer them on a daily basis. Um, what's your pick? This this has to suck for Orioles fans, <laughs> the Red Sox and Yankees playing in a one game playoff. <laughs> Uh, although one of them will lose, is as you cracked yeah. wise before we got going here. What's your pick yeah. on that, that one on Tuesday night? I, I guess I go Garrett Cole, you know, in a big spot, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, this this format is cool. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, it would have been great if the Mariners or, or Blue Jays got in, but this is what it is. A lot of history there. Um, so I, I guess Garrett Cole. It's, I mean, that's why he's there. Uh, one of the wisest, he's, he sits at the uh, at the table of wise men when it comes to music. Uh, you, Matt Money Smith, love uh, getting your tips. Tell everybody out there, what should they be listening to oh, right now? Man. Anything you're on right now? Nothing really new, I got to be honest no, with you. No, but what, what's in your ears these days? A lot of the same stuff that that always is. I would just say if you, ha- if you haven't heard the Exploding Hearts, go out and find the Exploding Hearts and enjoy the exploding hearts for what they were and what they could have been. Looking for us. See, he's always uh, he's he's always got a cool tip for. You. He's seen uh, pretty much every band under the sun. No, right? it's been a minute. Last band I saw was Refused at the Nine Thirty Club in DC in like late February of mid to late February of twenty twenty. I have not been. Um, I think I'm going to see Dinosaur Junior in November in New York City. Uh, that would be my first show in almost two years. So that's cool. Wow. Crazy. We've I, there, there's yeah. been something getting in the way of live shows, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Looking for a great stuff uh, running the game. My pleasure. Was, uh, we appreciate it. Best to you. Continuing. Have success. fun out there. Absolutely. We'll chat. I'll get you on my show soon to talk some Steelers. Once they, once they, what make are we going to talk about? Switch. Yeah, no, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. How high up in the draft they may get. No meat on that bone. All right, Pally. We appreciate it. Take it easy, you. brother. Take Thank care, you. man. Okay, have a good one. The great Jason Luck and for everybody. Make sure you're checking them out, like we say. Afternoon Drive 1057 in uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and I think he said it all there. Um, did you know that band there, Eddie Spaghetti? I did not. Never heard of it. I know he's into like the punk scene, the DC punk scene, Very which uh, big, yes. I'm slightly into. Like I know like a Fagazi and some others. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit into, but no, he's pretty hardcore, literally and figuratively. He's literally yes. He and Matt Money Smith. That's where they park their cars in that same uh, hardcore garage. They love the uh, that OG sound out of DC and otherwise. Um, interesting stuff there. Predicting that Rogers by hook or by crook sounds like he's going to leave Green Bay. Hmm. I'm surprised to hear that one, but the QB carousel, as we talk about with it, when it spins, there are then seats. It's it's musical chairs. I think as much as I, <clears throat> Derek Carr, we were recording this on Monday, so we don't know what uh, what happened uh, is going to happen against the Chargers. Although I will tell you, I think the Chargers are going to win that game, and you can uh, you can tweet at me or otherwise if if I'm wrong, and I'll say I'm wrong. Um, I think the Chargers take over the division and never look back starting um, tonight or actually starting in Arrowhead last week. Um, But man, if Derek Carr, if you're, if you're the Raiders in 2022, spring of 2022, and you can get Rodgers and he would actually cost you less to acquire than signing a longer deal, say, I don't know, three years with, with Derek Carr, I mean, obviously, I think you would go with Rodgers there, and then that opens up Derek Carr, unless Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. And then if he's in Denver, that opens up some possibilities as well um, around the league, and then Russell Wilson could move. And I I mean, the hat you're wearing, Eddie Spaghetti, Russell Wilson, I'm I'm just going to keep saying it till it comes true, is going to be on the New York Giants next year. Danny Dimes is not going to be their quarterback, I don't think. But I'll tell you also fascinating stuff from luck and fora about the about the buccaneers that's absolutely right if you want to make it happen i guess you can make it happen and i wonder how much of brady providing some apparent discount um is is the is the key to making that happen and also the magnetism of being on a team with tom brady also makes it easier to do than it is anywhere else but interesting insights there um either way 
we will uh, we'll wrap it up here. Good luck to the Yanks. Good luck to the Red Sox. Good luck to the uh, Dodgers and Cards fans among us. Um, and uh, and we'll see how all that turns out. And we'll get you right for the rest of the MLB playoff run, college football, pro football, all the rest of it. Make sure you're betting along with us. FanDuel.com slash minus three. The word minus the number three. And until Thursday, when we'll get the thoughts of Kevin Hench on all things Red Sox and Belichick and Brady and all the rest of it. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>